Last October 7th, the militant group Hamas launched a brutal attack on Israel. It is one of the deadliest attacks Israel has ever seen, with 1,300 dead and hundreds of hostages taken. It is important to note that as Catholics, we must always condemn violence. We must always condemn terrorism, especially when it is perpetrated against the innocent, particularly children. We must join our voices to that of the Pope, who last Sunday called for the release of hostages and demanded that children, the elderly, women, and all civilians are not victims of this conflict. Pope Francis also renewed his call for the respect of humanitarian law. The Catholic Church will agree that any nation has a right to self-defense, but war is always a defeat for everyone. No one wins a war. Prayer is the only force, the Holy Father said, to oppose the diabolical force of hatred, terrorism, and war. Last Tuesday, October 17th, the Pope declared a day of prayer and fasting for peace. May we continue with our prayer and fasting for an end to war everywhere, in the Holy Land, in Ukraine, and everywhere where there is conflict. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Jermaine Bagnall. Jermaine, it's good to good to be with you again. Likewise, it's always great to 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 chat with you and and be a part of the show. And you know, unfortunately, in in this particular one, we come together. Yeah, and just in the height of of just a terrible, terrible conflict. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I really uh, agree with your your sentiment and agree with the Pope that it's a, a time for for prayer and you yeah. know the people who suffer the most are 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 the citizens and you know yeah we yeah can all just pray for for empathy and love and somehow being able to to overcome this this seemingly timeless conflict. I know, I know, and I I read something I think the, this morning that the Pope had said that that we're living in a time where there is a world war in pieces because instead mm. of there being like one massive war there's like war everywhere um and there's conflict like this happening everywhere of course it's it's big news when it's in israel that's huge it's ukraine i think people are getting tired of ukraine um but we can't forget I and mean, then there's nicaragua and there's like you know uh mm. other places in the in the middle east and in africa anyway um so, yeah, I mean, obviously we should continue praying, um, but that's not what the whole show is going to be about today. No, it's because you're thankfully. here and you have some books for us and Billy's going to be here. And Billy has a question about I'm thinking it's about it's Halloween related. So something about evil spirits or exorcisms. So I'm not mm. quite sure. But that's if people want to find out what Billy's question is in, in about five minutes. Church for Dummies. Billy, a question about evil spirits. Um, and then, Jermaine, you're going to be here uh in about 15 minutes with a couple more books a couple more books one for the adults and one for the uh love it the little people love it love it so that's book ends with jermaine bagnell in about 15 minutes and then of course jermaine you know all about the synod that's taking place in rome the synod on synodality but i think a lot of people don't really know kind of understand what's happening why it's happening how it works what does it mean to the church so our uh, rome correspondent julian paparella 
Fantastic. who actually worked uh, for the Synod office leading to this point, will be here to tell us everything that we need to know. So Julian's going to join us in about 25 minutes uh, to tell us everything you need to know about the Synod on Synodality. I look um, forward to that segment. There's so so much to learn. So it is, much and to he's learn. good. So Julian, Julian is so good at like just being really concise and focusing on. So people want to want to stay on 25 minutes. Uh, everything you need to know about the synod with Julian Paparella, and then at the end of the show, uh, Jermaine, we're going to reconnect with a singer songwriter. His name is John Paul von Arks. Um, That's a great name. It is a great name, That's Von Arks. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, we met John Paul uh, about four years ago in June 2019. He comes from a big family. Um, his brother Sam has Down syndrome, and John uh, John Paul had had written a song that we featured four years ago. It's called He's Different, but he just uh, released a video of the song because October, I don't know if you knew, but October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. I did not know. That. I, did, I didn't that's... know that. And I don't know if that's universal or if it's just in the United States, but Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And sometimes we forget. Uh, I, I know a lot of people with Down Syndrome and they're always a blessing uh, to be around. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, we're going to talk with John Paul a little bit about that, but he's also working on a new album. Um, oh, so there's, fantastic. Yeah, there's some new music. So that's always a good excuse to bring a singer songwriter back on the program. So that's John Paul Von Arks at the end of the program in about 45 minutes. And a reminder, if you're not going to be around, remember that you can always go to our website, slmedia.org. Just click on podcasts and that's where you can listen to all our programs. And you can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, like Jermaine listening on Apple or where do you, I yep. don't know where you on, you're, on, you're, on Apple, on you're Apple. an Apple podcast guy, right? I am an Apple podcast guy. And ladies and gents, whether you are Apple or what have you? I agree. Double down, double and down, and when you're there, write subscribe. us a, write us a good review and give us some stars so that other people can find the show. Preferably all five of them. Preferably five all stars. five of them. Yes, all five stars. If you like what you're listening to. Yes. Um, okay, so that's uh, lots coming up today. Um, so let's start with a song. Here is John Paul von Arks with his new single, "Autumn Rain." You're falling through the sky. You shine in storm clouds, I and you make up the lakes I love on cold fall nights. You recycle all your life and farmers pray for you each night. I'm walking through the valleys just to find autumn rain, autumn rain. Heal my body, turn this pain into wisdom to help some other long. Soul. I want to live for more than me, and I'm dying to be free, and I know that you can help me, Autumn Rain. You're the weather that I need, weather I can't even see, that you've nourished all the valleys in the plains. We complain about you coming Then we dance when you're above us Now I can feel all heaven washing down It's autumn rain, autumn rain Heal my body, turn this pain Into wisdom to help some other lonely soul I want to live for more than me And I'm dying to be free And 
face was weary My flesh was weak I felt deep in my blood A lonely passion sleep But it came raging like a torrent When drop by drop you poured And washed out the fear I hid behind today It's autumn rain, autumn rain You my body turn this pain Into wisdom now to help some other lonely soul I wanna live for more than me And I'm dying to be free And I know that you can help me autumn rain And I know that you can help me autumn rain That was John Paul Von Arks with his new single, Autumn Rain. And we're going to be speaking with John Paul Von Arks at the end of the program. So stay tuned. And now it's time for... First for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Um, Billy, it's good to see you. Welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Good to see you, Pedro. Yeah, yes, you know, so you uh, getting, getting ready for Halloween, I'm, right? I'm getting ready for Halloween. Because I know you love uh, Halloween. I, I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like the season that, that turning from like autumn to winter. Yes, I, so I really I. like it because so you can still go out and you can uh, basically enjoy, enjoy the the weather. But you know, today I actually want to talk about something creepy. So, okay, <laughs> okay. Halloween. You yeah, know what? Okay. It's very interesting. I, uh, I need to say it here right here in the show because a lot of people actually asking me out to watch horror movie the, the, the only reason is they said Billy you are Catholic and you must pray a lot more than me so I will bring you over uh, to watch with me uh, you can pray for me I said you know what it's a movie it's a movie only okay and, you know during during you know like last few yeah. years we talk a lot about Halloween, right? Yes. It's not yeah. about ghosts, about vampires, about Dracula, zombies, blah, blah, blah. It's all about saints, right? Saint, yes. But they still ask, <laughs> it's all about the saints, right? So yeah, of course. They, they keep asking me all these questions. So, uh, because I watch a lot of horror movies with them, yeah. and there are a lot of horror movies talking about like uh, exorcism, right? You know? Yeah. There is a lot of exorcism uh, yes. movies. Yeah, well, there's one uh, out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that 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 brand and and there's a lot of uh, like nuns, right? You know, sisters, like yes. you know, all these yes. kind of movies. Yes, and all of them, uh, most of them, I cannot say all of them, most of them are, are actually talking about our faith, Catholic faith, and all most of them are talking about uh, uh, possessions. Right, uh, you know, a person get possessed, uh, uh, um, or sometimes weird thing happen, like the cross, move it like uh, a reverse, right? Uh, you smell burnt. Yeah, upside down. Yes, yes. You know, yes. you know, right? Things like that. So, the question is not about why it's like that. The question is about is uh, let's say, unfortunately, we encounter. This kind of matter. So, for example, if we see something weird happen, 
things moving on its own. Or, uh, no, or no, no, it's not about it's not because of your wife. Okay, it's not because of anyone moving. Because your it. wife it's, moved it's, it. Yeah, really, <laughs> it's really moving things. Or if you have doubt on someone who's impossessed. Okay, what should we do? Or, or more, more importantly, what we shouldn't do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, good question. I hope that you don't encounter a lot of objects moving by themselves at your home because that's not very common. Luckily, I um, did not. Okay, so, the, so, so there's a few things I want to say. Um, the first thing is that we as Catholics absolutely believe in in spiritual beings. Okay. We say it on the creed when you say, you know, the creator of all visible things and invisible things. So we believe that there's a spiritual reality. We believe in angels. And we believe in fallen angels and demons. We believe that Satan is real, a, a real person, evil, not just an idea of evil. Um, I don't know if we totally understand exactly how that works in terms of whether there are demons that are floating around, but we do understand and we do believe that that Satan is out there to get you. And, and uh, for some reason, God sometimes allows for... It's, possession is very rare. But, but God does allow um, for demonic attacks or demonic. Uh, there are various categories. In fact, I wrote a blog post deconstructing, um, uh, I think it was called Deconstructing the Devil or Deconstructing something like that. Oh. It was something about evil, about the, the devil. That's very interesting. So if you are interested in a really good exorcism movie that is very true to the Catholic faith and what the Catholic Church teaches, The Pope's Exorcist. Because the Pope's exorcist is based on the writings of uh, Gabriel Amorth, who was, in fact, the Pope's exorcist. And so a lot of the things that they talk about in terms of, you know, like trying to get the demon's name, for example, or the smells that you that you that you get or not not engaging the demon, the demon's asking your question. So you shouldn't answer. So all those things that, of course, are not part of your question. But those are things are, are actually factual and, and they're true. Now, most of us are never going to experience anything like that. Most of mm -hmm. us might experience, like you said, you might have a friend that might be uh, not just the behavior is strange, but maybe, no, they will mention it. Sometimes I, I know people that have said I, I, there's something happening in my house or I feel that there's an evil presence in my house. A lot of times all you need to do is, is give that person uh, or, or that home. A blessing. So what I would say is that if you're experiencing anything like this, or you have a friend who's who's struggling, or who who is saying that there's you know I'm possessed, or my house is possessed, or there's an evil or the devil in my house or whatever, talk to a priest. Go and talk to a priest mm -hmm. or to a deacon. Um, if you can't find a priest or a deacon, call me. Um, and and a good priest or deacon will first of all take that person seriously. And have a conversation okay. with that person. Now, the first thing that we do as, as, as ministers is that we try to identify whether that person is actually uh, going through some psychological um, issues or mental health issues. So um, you do have some training on that, right? So well, a little bit. I mean, I'm not a trained, but but we might ask some questions, and then you get a sense. Uh, you get a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and if you, as a priest or deacon, are not equipped to do that, then you can pass them on to someone else. There are priests every diocese. Every diocese has an exorcist, but that that's usually not like you can't Google like the exorcist in Vancouver. Like it's not going to be online, and and because they don't want to be. It's not on the LinkedIn. Uh, no, it's not LinkedIn. No, it isn't right. <laughs> um, but 
if someone came to me and I really felt that there was something serious about what this person was uh was was sharing with me, then I would mm -hmm. uh call the diocese and say, I think mm -hmm. that I'd like to pass this on to the to the to the to the diocesan exorcist. And then they know what they do. They then they go through the process. And the first thing that they'll do is they're gonna try to to eliminate any causes or any reasons that might make them think that this is psychological or or emotional or something like that to make sure that it is something that is supernatural. Now, like I, what I was going to say earlier is that I think most of the time, and this has been my experience and this has happened to me most of the time okay. it's there's, there's a presence in my home or my home feels heavy or my home is cold and there's a, and mm. it feels like evil. And I've gone into homes where I feel the same thing. If you bless the house, you know, that's usually what you, all you have to do. If you're a priest or you can invite a priest to celebrate mass in the house, that's also usually mm. what you can do. Sometimes there are some objects I've been to people's homes where I'm, where I, I see like, who gave you that little statue? And it came from some, you know, uh, oh. place in the Caribbean and Haiti or something that somebody, mm. you know, it's like, well, one, maybe you should get rid of that. And sometimes that makes a difference. Um, so uh, most of the time, it, it's not a very serious thing. But I would say the first thing that you need to do is go talk to a priest, go talk to a deacon. If you don't feel that the priest or deacon is taking you seriously, then go talk to another priest or another deacon. And, and yes. absolutely, you can call me or email me. Um, and I, I also want to know about when you talk about blessing, uh, uh, yes, the blessing yeah. has yeah. to come from a priest. I would say that the blessing should come from the priest. Now you, for example, Billy can go to that house with holy water or holy salt. Mm. If, if you feel that it's a really strong presence, you can use salt. Salt yes. is always going to be, we've talked about this. Salt is always going to be yes. more powerful. Um, but you can, you can bless with holy water. Uh, you can do your okay. own blessing with a little book of blessings for lay people. But I okay. think definitely celebrating mass in the home is, is going to be uh probably the best thing to do i've done very simple home blessings where mm. afterwards the people who lived in the home said that that the presence that they felt was gone and all i did was do a simple home mm -hmm. blessing and and holy water around the house and outside the house and that was all we needed to do so um but yeah i mean the bottom line is go talk to a priest go talk to a deacon and and if you're a deacon or a priest um take take these these uh concerns seriously and if you don't feel like you can have, I also them, heard about. Um, sorry, I also heard about uh, when we let's say we do a blessing uh, uh, for the house, or you know we we bring the the holy water. Do we should we actually go to do confession first before doing this? Um, I've I actually have not heard that, but that's not mm. going to confession is never a bad idea. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a good idea, and in fact, that person who is maybe struggling with feelings that there might be some, an, an evil attack or something like that, that person can also go to confession because yes. evil, it's sin is the gate, the, the doorway to, to, to the entrance of evil. So going to confession is never a bad thing for any of us. Yeah. That's good. Good questions, Billy. Um, Thank you very much. Pedro. You're very welcome. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Chan um, uh, dressing up as a saint, Saint Billy for Halloween this year. Thank you. And, and always asking good questions. You can send him questions at B. Joe Chan. I'm Pat Riley, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and the show will be delivered right to your device. 
And now it's time for Book Ends with Jermaine Bagnall, who's still sitting here patiently waiting to share two, two books, two yes. books with us. Two books, patiently waiting, but always worth it. I love listening to the SLR always and I love yeah. sharing the books. Yeah. So, so what do we got? First up for the kitties, we have found Psalm 23. It's all about the divine shepherd. This is written by Sally Lloyd-Jones and illustrated by Jago. It's a, okay. published by Zonder Kids and it published in 2003, redone in 27, uh, 2017. Okay. And it, it's just a beautiful illustration of the divine shepherd. So, so children get a chance to know that Christ is with them. Christ is their mm, shepherd. Nice. The the text is it's not taken directly from Psalm 23. It's a it is adapted, mm-hmm. but the artwork is is just beautiful. Uh, a lot of full two page bleeds. A lot of real interesting illustration on on positioning uh, of the the images. And uh, I don't know if you have a copy of it in front of you. I'll I'll, I'll pull it up here. But yeah, the the artwork it almost looks like computer watercolor. Almost, I, I that's the only way I can really oh, that's describe beautiful. it. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just so it, there's such a deep beauty in its simplicity, and for for children, I think they'll really really love it. And it's a nice short, easy story. So parents, be prepared to read this over and over. I think <laughs> your kids will love it. But the beautiful thing is. It's just got a, a great message for children to know that they're loved, they're protected. And come on, who doesn't love looking at pictures of baby little lambs? Come on. Come exactly. On. Exactly. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And I think I think the kids will will really like it. The the art is just beautiful. <clears throat> it sort of resembles watery type color, but mm-hmm. ov- but obviously still digital. Just it's a great piece of art. And and I think this will be a nightly staple probably for i don't know months at a time uh, yeah. from what i understand small children when they when they get a book that they like want to hear it every day this one Absolutely. will be in high rotation well that's great so found and it's good because it's a psalm so it can be your your story time and prayer time um at the same time so found psalm 23 uh um, looks great by Sally Lloyd Jones and illustrated by Jago, mm-hmm. published by Zonder Kids. Okay, good. Thank you. And then you have uh, a book for the not so little ones. For for the not so little ones. In, in fact, reading this book might, uh, if you're a parent, might help you even be better for your little ones. Oh this yeah. One, this one is called Finding Freedom in Christ: Healing Life's Hurt. It's uh-huh. written by Doctor Matthew. Uh, Brent Brenniger, my apologies if you listen to this and I butchered your last name. My apologies. Uh, is published in uh, 2022 by uh, Emmaus Road Publishing, mm-hmm. and um, I'll just say Dr. Matthew. He's actually a clinical psychologist and a professor at Steubenville uni- uh, at Franciscan University in Steubenville. Yep. And this work is it's all all about healing, but unlike a lot of the books that you read in this genre he speaks to the whole person. It's not just, you know, mind, body, he's speaking to mind, body, spirit, and really addresses the ideas of suffering and hurt and and how to overcome them. Oftentimes in the secular versions of these sort of stories, it's all about self and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He really stresses of 
getting to the sacraments, getting to the sacramentals, and okay. also emphasizes that this book is a starting point for some, and which is something I really, really love and appreciate that he wrote this, that this book might be a starting point in all you need in your healing journey. And that's great. Mm. And if it's the starting point and you realize that, you know, I need a therapist or a psychologist, that's great too. This is, he just wants to get you back to your, 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 your best self back to being able right. to serve Christ. And he, and he, he speaks about suffering um, and, and how we walk through it. There's an excerpt I'd like to read here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I speak of suffering, I'm referring to the inevitable hurt that comes with living an authentically Christ-centered life. Suffering happens. We get hurt and wounded by life. Pain, on the other hand, is the distress and anguish that we add to our suffering. Pain is our contribution to suffering. We Mm. create pain when we trying to avoid suffering through various means of self-preservation, insert, you know, food, drugs, whatever. Right. That's my adding, adding in. Yeah. The tremendous mental and emotional distress we experience can often be removed, dramatically reduced, or transformed by grace through recognizing where our approach to suffering has added pain. Hmm. And and wow. he, yeah, he really runs with that concept that as as Catholics, that in this world there is suffering. We we are called to suffer, but what is it that we're doing with that? Mm-hmm. You know, it may, this is an opportunity for for us to maybe be do our own version of, of Padre Pio or something along those lines, giving our, our suffering uh, up, right. up to Christ. And, and when we, we do that of what's available to us, when we go to the field hospital, that is yeah. our church. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's super f- profound that, that pain, pain and suffering are not the same thing. I'm going to have mm. to, to chew on that for a bit. Maybe I'll have to get the book. Get, um, get the book. Get yeah, the book. Finding, you can get it on Kindle. Yeah, amazing. Finding Freedom in Christ, mm. Healing Life's Hurts by Dr. Matthew Bruninger. Um, that sounds more accurate than what I said. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Matthew Bruninger, and uh, it's published by Emmaus Road. Jermaine, thank you for these two uh, suggestions. And uh, we look forward to some new ones next yes. time you're on. Yes. Um, and I hope you enjoy those, those, those reads, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Jermaine Bagnell, our book contributor. He's also the producer of the Salt and Light production, Working in Faith. You can watch that at slmedia.org and you can follow him at Jermaine Bagnell. Coming up in our second half hour, everything you need to know about the Synod on Synodality and we reconnect with singer-songwriter John Paul Von Arks. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. The process for this synod began in 2021 with sharing, reflection, and listening sessions and consultations at a diocesan national and continental levels. Which brings us to this month, October 23rd, for the first session of the General Assembly of this synod, which began a couple weeks ago on October 4th. The theme for this synod is For a Synodal Church, Communion, Participation, and Mission, which is why this synod is commonly known as the Synod on Synodality. The journey of consultation led to a working document, the Instrumentum Laboris, which will guide the conversations of this first session, which will last the whole month of October. There are many firsts for this synod, and there are also some concerns. And to tell us everything we need to know about the synod, here is Salt and Light's synodal expert, 
Julian Paparella joining us from Rome. Julian, uh, welcome to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you very much, Deacon Pedro. Really nice to be here. Yes, it is good. So for people that have no idea what's going on, how would you explain the Synod? What is the Synod about? So the worst description I've ever heard is that it's a meeting about meetings, which really <laughs> sounds boring and awful, and no one is interested in meetings, let alone a meeting on meetings. But it's actually much deeper than that. It's about discovering that what it means to be church is to be on the same path, everybody walking together. We can imagine the Israelites heading out of Egypt towards the promised land. Right. That's what we are meant to be as a church, journeying together, walking together. And so the question of this synod is, how do we do that concretely? Where is that already happening and where do we need to improve? So can you be a little more specific? Like what is the synod hoping to change or is it maybe it's not hoping to change anything? Yeah, in a very real sense, you know, as many of our listeners probably know, Vatican II was the most recent council yeah. in the history of the church about 60 years ago now. And councils can make decisions. Councils are the most authoritative body in the church because it's mm -hmm. all the bishops in the entire Catholic church together with the Pope. And so they can make pretty official proclamations. Paul VI started synods after Vatican II as a way of see saying to the bishops of the world, we've had this great experience together throughout these three years of the council. Let's keep this going some way so that we can keep having conversations about key issues in the life of the church and issues that are going to change from generation to generation, decade to decade. So these synods are ways of the Pope hearing from bishops, but not only bishops, about these key issues, what's happening in the life of the church today. And now this synod on synodality is kind of bursting the lid right off of synods because they're no longer just bishops getting together, but in mm -hmm. a very real way, Pope Francis was wanting to involve everyone's voice, which is why it's been a three-year process, mm -hmm. not just a one-month gathering, and why lay people, religious, and priests are all full members of this assembly happening this month, not only bishops. Would you say that the timing of this synod, in, in the same way that John the 23rd would have said, it's time that we open the windows and let in some fresh air, that, that Pope Francis maybe is feeling that that's happening again, that we need to open the windows again? Absolutely. And I think in a certain sense, maybe Vatican II opened the windows, but all the wind, all the <laughs> breath of the Holy Spirit didn't necessarily come in. Maybe there were some, okay, yes, I like maybe that. there were some screens on the windows <laughs> back then. Maybe, you know, there were some, some shutters that okay, were sort of preventing. Okay, yes. So John the 23rd did whatever he could. And then Paul the sixth did whatever he could, but there's still more of the Holy Spirit. And some people talk about this in terms of Vatican three, I don't mm -hmm. think so. I think it's really continuing to receive, to drink deeply from the fountain that is Vatican II. Okay. As one Australian theologian has said, this synod on synodality is Vatican II in a nutshell, because a lot of the ideas that were present right. at Vatican II, the church as the people of God on pilgrimage throughout history, this idea of communion where we're all united with each other, based on our common baptism, but with a real diversity of gifts, all called to holiness, all called to be part of the mission of the church. Some of those things have taken root in our communities, in our parishes, in our diocese, but many of those other things, those kernels of wisdom from the Second Vatican Council, still need to be planted and watered. 
Right. Okay. Now, now, um, you mentioned that it's not a meeting about meetings. So, so in previous synods, the, uh, participants have interventions. That's not the process this time. So, how is this synod working? It's true. It's a little bit different. I was very fortunate to be part of the synod on young people in 2018. That's mm -hmm. just five years ago. And already, when you look at how the room, the synod hall, was set up at that time, and for mm -hmm. all previous synods, and this time. It's quite different in a very striking way. Mm -hmm. Before, it was sort of in an amphitheater where we're all sort of in rows according to how important we are. You know, the Pope down at the bottom, then some cardinals, archbishops, bishops, and maybe and, a few lay people way up at the Julian back. Julian was in the back row. Yeah, okay. <laughs> way at the back, way at the, straining to see the Holy Father. <laughs> and now everyone is seated in round tables mm -hmm. that are mixed. So you've got cardinals plus bishops plus priests plus lay women. It's a smorgasbord of mm -hmm. people. And even the Pope is sitting at a round table. Now his is on a slightly raised platform. It's about a foot or so above the yeah. floor. And he even explained why. He said, it's not because I'm more important than you are. It's just so that I can see yeah, all of yeah, you. Yeah. And so this is a huge change in terms of how we see leadership, how we see the responsibility yeah. of the church being born by the diversity of her members and not just sort of top-down pyramidal hierarchy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So are they looking at specific questions? They what are. are the, what are the conversations? That, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the theme for this big, long, multi-year process is for a synodal church, so becoming a more synodal church, a church where we all walk together mm -hmm. and where the church also walks together with the world. Mm -hmm. Three sort of sub-themes, three key words, three ingredients for that, are communion, participation, and mission, as you mm. mentioned. So throughout this month of this first session of the Assembly of the Synod in Rome, each of those three key sub-themes is being looked at really in depth. So for the first week or so, communion was the focus. Mm -hmm. Now we've looked at mission, mm -hmm. how we're co-responsible for mission, and the last upcoming phase of this month-long assembly is all about participation, governance, authority. So right. they're sort of uh, trying to have those three main themes as sort of like categories by which a lot of other themes fall into. So for example, within how are we co-responsible for our mission and within how do we all participate in the life and mission of the church, obviously a question as central as the role of women mm -hmm. in the church is going to be arising. Likewise, mm -hmm. when we're talking I don't know, for example, about uh, communion, the kind of relationships that we have within our Christian communities, talking about becoming a welcoming church, being a more inclusive church, including even with people who have various sexual orientations. So all of these sort of some smaller, very important issues find a home in these three sort of mega categories of communion, participation, and mission as we journey towards becoming a more synodal church overall. Um, you said it's not just a synod of bishops. There are lay participants, men and women. How significant is that? It's very significant. And it might seem like a small step, but it's actually a huge step. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, it, it can be sort of discouraging to think that of all the participants, about 400 of them at this assembly here in Rome this month, it's actually only about 10% who are women, 10% mm. of the full voting members that are women. 
But when we consider that up till now, at every other synod, the full voting members who have been women has been zero. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, 10% is a pretty significant step forward. Yeah. Likewise with lay people. Now it's somewhere around 25% of all those who can vote are lay people. Now, 25% may seem very small, especially when you think of the percentage of how many people in the church are lay people, you know, mm -hmm. we're the overwhelming majority. But then when you look at, again, the previous synod, zero. Yep. So zero to 10, zero to 25, it's still not enough, but it's a very real step in the right direction. And I'm very hopeful, not only for the kind of fruits that this synod will bear, but also for the kind of trajectory that it puts us on for living as the church that God wants us to be in this 21st century. Okay, then quickly, because we're out of time, should people be concerned that the synod is going to change things like doctrine? No, that's a very, very important point. This is not so much about teaching. A bishop said something I think is very wise the other day. He said, we might not all agree about the doctrine. And in fact, the synod's role is not to change doctrine. In that sense, it's not a council. It's mm -hmm. a synod. They have different roles. But he said, what I think we can all agree on at this synod is that our language needs to be much more simple mm -hmm. and much more loving. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the kind of level at which a synod operates. A synod is about setting the tone. A synod is about the quality of our relationships with one another within the church and also the quality of our relationships with all of society, with the whole world, with other religions, with other Christian denominations, with people on the peripheries and so on. So we're not going to change what we believe. We're not changing the creed. That's not what this synod or any synod about. It's about shedding light on areas where the church really needs to grow and live out her mission more faithfully. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Thank you, Julian. Um, maybe, well, I'm sure that... We're going to continue talking about the Synod, and uh, maybe you can even come back on this program uh, later and uh, wrap it all up for us uh, when it's all over. Um, That'd be thank great. You, Anytime. Yeah, thank you very much. Julian Paparella is Salt and Light Media's Rome correspondent. He also collaborates with the Synod office in Rome, and he was part of the team working on the methodology for this synodal process. To learn more about the Synod, you can go to synod.va. You can also go to synodresources.org. And to watch Salt and Light Media's weekly updates, go to our website, slmedia.org synod. Here now is John Paul von Arks with He's Different. When I was 14, my mom told me that she was pregnant with him. She and my dad were worried because the new life inside was different. Five months later, when I was in school, my brother was born. And I got the news the night when I held him, the very first time he was different. Yeah.
top of his class And as he grows up He may not be fast But he'll take his sweet time Enjoy his whole life And that's different stop and stare but not take the time to acknowledge he's there but he doesn't ever see them any different oh he's different different than me with He's Different. We first met John Paul von Arks in June 2019. John Paul grew up playing in a family band and then performed with the country band Back Country Roads as well as with the Catholic band The Thirsting. John Paul is working on a new album and has just released a video to his song that we just listened to about his brother with Down syndrome, He's Different. And so I'm happy to welcome John Paul von Arks back to our program. John Paul, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey, thank you so much. It's so good to be here. So I hate I hate to start with this question that I've been asking everybody probably now for the last two years, but what were those pandemic years for you? I mean, everything changed and you almost like, <laughs> I think everybody I speak to is like they had to reinvent themselves. Like, but you got married. Well, no, you were married already, I think. Um, no, I, no, I got married. I that yeah, talk about reinventing yourself. <laughs> okay, so you you okay, you got married during COVID. So it was we got engaged uh, just a few months. Well, let me think. We got engaged. Uh, so that was 2020. We got engaged. Yeah, you better get it right. <laughs> it's a good get thing my right, wife is here right now. Gonna be... <laughs> yeah. Let me just uh, let me think here. Um, yeah, we got married in 2021. So we were engaged. No, yeah. we were engaged in 2021. So. But like early 2021, we got engaged. 
late 2021, we got married. So we, I was, you know, we were dating in the midst of COVID, all my events canceled. I had a job, uh, open up at Franciscan university. So uh, like a ton of things happened in COVID to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's good, I guess. Um, (laughs) um, and now you have a daughter too. So that's, that's super, super cool. Um, tell me about the job at Franciscan. So what are you doing there? Yeah. So when, when COVID hit, so I was pretty much full-time on the road. I was doing about 120 nights a year of mostly country gigs. Yeah. Um, and then also some worship gigs here and there. Um, but I, so all, all of those events canceled pretty much within the space of a week. So I was scrambling, I was doing, um, some painting. I was fixing up, uh, an old cottage for my grandparents are trying to sell in Wisconsin. I was, yeah. you know, I was just, scrambling trying to trying to get by and then um i eventually was like i, I can't keep doing this but i don't have events uh it was, it was actually it was really really hard transition because my music stuff was really starting to gain a lot of traction yeah. and and then um so i called father dave pavanka who's the president at yep. franciscan university and uh, i said hey hey man here's the deal like <laughs> i i know him i'm like I'm either going to start working at like the Walmart distribution center in Steubenville yeah. just to get income coming in, or I can come and work at the university and, you know, I have a heart for the mission. I'd much rather, you know, put my time and attention toward serving a mission that I can really get behind as opposed to just working a job to make money. Uh, but I'm, 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 I need, I need to make money and I need to work a job. So I just called him the next day. Um, one of his uh, associates, another one of the TOR friars on campus, uh, he called me and he said, Hey, we have a job. It'd be mentoring musicians on campus, uh, basically crazy. running yeah. music ministry. Yeah. With another staff. Member, wow. So. Wow. Totally providential. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously what, what you do best, I, I guess, you know, I mean, it's, it's music and leading worship. Yes. Did you find that that time was a good time for you to be writing and composing at the same time? Um, I would say, Um, it was so much life transition that I had a few songs come out, but honestly, I, it wasn't restful for me. There was a lot of transition. So I didn't, it was, it was a stressful time and I wasn't able to, um, to write as much. I write more in times that are a little bit more even keeled for me, uh, where there's more like kind of a cathartic, uh, you know, life. Uh, rhythm so to speak so i i wasn't writing that much the one song i i sent you to review that not always there song i wrote that right at the height of the pandemic coming because i was dating my now wife uh, yeah. but i was you know living in wisconsin she was living in ohio but i wrote that song just is saying like you know it's it's amazing that she still loves me even though i'm not always there it was the first time i really experienced that type of of love from another person in that way you know and so um, so I did write that song, but in general, that was an exception, I'd say. Yeah. Right. So then the songs that you've been writing for the new album that's coming out, you'd say you're, you're writing them now, like after COVID that's what's where they, where they came from. Yeah. Most of them have been since COVID, but I would say like right in the onset of COVID when things okay. were crazy, I didn't, that was like that first 2020, 2021, I wasn't writing that much, but um 2022 through uh, this year i've been writing a lot more music as my life has settled a little bit and would you say that there's something different about your writing from let's say five six years ago yeah i think i just there's so much more perspective I, there was a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of loss since my last album too i had one of my brothers passed away tragically in an accident so mm-hmm. i just think like this past five years really has just been a, a deep 
a deep search for like, Lord, where are you in the the daily in, in, in grief? Where are you in the, the celebrations? Where are you in um, world pandemics? Yeah. Where, where are you in, you know, having a new daughter? And, and I mean, that's the beautiful, the, like, that's just so sweet. I, I think I'm entering more of a season of the Lord uh, starting to kind of give more blessings, which has been so wonderful. But I think a lot of my songwriting now is just um, reconciling, you know, our lived experience here um, with just like the the perfect and, and beautiful um, deposit of faith we find in the catechism. Um, there's these beautiful spiritual maxims and, the, and all these spiritual works that I, I find so much solace in. But mm-hmm. then it's like, how do I actually apply that to my daily lived experience in my own human weakness and learning how to be married, learning how to be a dad, learning how to yeah. be a good dad. And yeah. so like yeah. all of those things. So I think it's, it's like a lot more, obviously I write more on the country side of, of, of things, music, mm-hmm. singer, songwriter, storytelling, but yep. it's, it's plumbing the depths of like how, like what is true, what is good, what is beautiful? Where are you in the daily yeah. Lord? Like that's, that's where my songs have been lately. Well, that's good. That's good to know that the older we get, the the more profound our <laughs> our creativity is. That that that's a good progression. Um, I don't remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, of you making videos before, but I know you have a new video now that seems to be getting a lot of traction. Yeah, yeah, we released it just over a week ago, um, and it's been really, I think. Yeah, I mean, just this morning, like my family group chat's like, hey, it's like ten thousand views on YouTube, which oh, is wow. like a huge for for someone in my level i mean i was like that's awesome and it's yeah. not about the numbers but it's really cool to see a project that's actually really resonating with people you know um we yeah. haven't been doing any like sponsored ads or marketing pushes really but i called uh i called a bunch of people about this particular project because it involves my brother who has special needs down syndrome so mm-hmm. i actually called about 90 people all around the country that i knew that have a heart for these kind of things and just Wonderful. said can we jump on a zoom call and, and share it out the day it's released? And so all these different networks around the country have, have shared it, but it's been person to person. So it's been really cool to see this music video featuring my brother who has down syndrome, the two of us just doing ordinary things together to show the dignity of people with special needs. And just to show like give, give hope to expectant parents is ultimately my goal saying there's, there's so many parents that, you know, through genetic testing, which is, um, wonderful like they find out their baby has down syndrome and that there's just a battle to be fought there mm-hmm. uh because it's like uh what do we do and there's pressure saying you know like you know eliminate the problem or so to speak and so i through through abortion of course uh, yeah and so i just wanted to put like a really neutral not preachy accessible beautiful depiction of like hey this is my brother he has down syndrome He's incredible. I wish I was more like him in many ways. Right. And this is a song, of course, and we heard it here last time you were on the show. Well, we yeah. just heard it now, too. But uh, it's not a new song. So what made you want to do make the video now? Well, well it's uh, so it's kind of giving. I mean, as I mentioned, I a lot has happened in my life in the last mm-hmm. like four or five years. And this video was actually shot four years ago and it was set to oh, release. Wow. Yeah, it was set to release one week after COVID hit. And like Fox and Friends in New York picked it up. They said, hey, we want to put this on national television. Um, I mean, they reached out to me. I didn't even reach out, you know, to them. And I mean, it was just like a crazy amount of momentum. And it just everything was going like I was just getting calls left and right. Um, But then the world just shut down and I chose not to release it because Mm -hmm. it was like, 
this is just going to get buried by all of this other stuff just flying around in the news and the world. And, and then, you know, then all my events canceled. And I just, I felt like God was saying, just, just trust me, but wait, trust me and wait. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really painful because I was so excited. All my dreams were like, Oh, like this music thing might actually be working out. And, uh, but, but this was the time now. um, And I, I really believe that it's, it's like during respect life month, Mm-hmm. And as well as Down Syndrome Awareness Month here in the month of October. But um, in a particular way, just having my wife uh, help me with the release and the logistics and press releases and things like that. I have a base now personally, and I think the Lord needed, like, if this is to gain some traction, and it, it seems like it, it has been and I will continue to do so. I have, like, you know, God has been so faithful in saying, hey, I have a partner for you. I have someone that you mm-hmm. can be in all of this with because it's a lot of pressure when when people like fox news call and it's like okay yeah that's like a that's a lot of pressure and and i i don't do that well alone and now i have like my Mm -hmm. my partner um sacramental grace i have a daughter to keep me humble and grounded and uh so i just i i can't really describe to you how grateful i am that this was postponed until now well i'm glad that uh we could wait so that we can tell people about it now and uh we're going to put a link on our site so people can find the video easily um john paul thank you thank you thank you for reaching out and it's good to see you and and uh glad to know that there's more music coming um, yes but we like what we're listening to so uh god bless and congr- congratulations on the marriage the the daughter thank the you job everything 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 that's <laughs> happening in your life congratulations and yes thank you many so blessings much. to be grateful for Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. You can learn more about John Paul Von Arx and his music at his website, johnpaulvonarx.com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. And to listen to this full interview or any other part of this program, go to that same website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is John Paul Von Arx with Not Always There. Oh, love is the heart of the world. Oh, love, I found it in my special girl. But love, I don't know how to hold. Oh, oh, but there's no doubt in my mind that nothing good comes easy in life. And I know that she saw in me what I could not find. There's a fortnight of waiting till I see her face Until then I don't think I'll sleep She's so good at waiting for me to come home Though my love is imperfect and weak Oh, down the road I'm traveling Oh, send up to heaven a prayer Oh, how does she still choose to love me? We're listening to John Paul Von Arks with Not Always There, and that will take us to the end of the program today. To listen to the full program, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. That's also where we post links to all our guests and resources. 
You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast everywhere. When you do, please give us a good review and some stars so that other people can also find the show. Thank you for being with us today. Let's continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and peace in the Holy Land. Today, let's also remember all those families with children that have special needs, especially Down syndrome. May they be blessed. And may you be safe, pray for each other, and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.